Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. It is a joy to be back with you again today. I'm your host, Dr. Alan. Today, we explore the methodical way to build passive income. As an actuary, Eric Martel witnessed firsthand the shift in retirement benefits and urges everyone to focus on passive income. Eric is the author of the book, Stop Trading Your Time for Money. So Eric, before we get into stopping the trading of our time for money, share a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be the person you are today. I think for me, it would be kind of when I was 18 years old and managed to buy my first apartment building, an eight-unit apartment building with no money down. And that part was not really, that was formative in terms of succeeding in achieving that. But what was formative really is that I had found a mentor, someone that had achieved financial freedom with real estate. And he was just a regular guy. He was a community college teacher, nothing special. I don't, you know, if he's listening, I don't want to know, but uh, you know, I don't want to insult him, but he's nothing special. He was not smarter than anybody else. He was not. He didn't, he didn't have tons of money. He didn't inherit money, just a regular salary. And, you know, he managed to build a 36-unit apartment building. Last time I checked with him, he was building a shopping center. And he had invested also in nursing home and stuff like that. And so it was very, very good for me. To, so that was really the point at which I realized that, hey, I can make money without having a W-2 income, without working for my time. It took a while for this to come to fruition. Unfortunately, it took a while for me to repeat that and do this consistently so that I can be financially free. But at this moment, when I bought that apartment building, this was the, the moment at which I said, okay, this is, this is possible. This is, I don't have to, to be on salary in order to make a living. There are other options. So you were 18 years old. And how many units did you say? Uh, eight units. Eight unit apartment complex uh, with no experience. And you said no money down at all? No money down. Well, I had only like maybe like 200 bucks in the bank. Uh -huh. And I had to write a check for $100 or $125 to the bank to process, to the credit union to process the loan. Uh -huh. And I was like, fingers crossed. I, I hope this works because <laughs> that's most of the money I have in the bank. And it was cash flowing at the end. So I think about $250, $300 cash flow. That's very interesting. So how did you meet this mentor? So yeah, just the very by, by luck, really, it was my girlfriend at the time. Her parents were separated. And then even her father, her father was a mechanic. And he also was in real estate and he was financially free. He had sold his dealership and stuff like that. And he was just kind of like living off the, the real estate. His her mother was a hairdresser. And again, she had an apartment building and then she was living off the income for that. And the, the friend of the family, uh, same thing, community college teacher. And he, he enjoyed teaching. So he continued teaching, but he had this 36 unit apartment building that, you know, that was providing his income and all of that. So, uh, yeah, so it's just really through that my girlfriend at the time that introduced me to all these people. And yeah, to me, that was my rich dad, poor dad moment, I guess, mm -hmm. because my parents were like 
nine to five workers. That's all. And that's all they did. That's all they knew. And they never even tried to think outside that, that small box. And so, yeah, to me, that was my rich dad, poor dad moment. That's very interesting. A lot of interesting circumstances that uh, came together there. But you said it took you a while. I guess even though that was your rich dad, poor dad moment, it took you a while to really see how to really put that together to really come to the point of finding financial freedom. So what all did you have to go through to really eventually find that financial freedom? So when I bought this apartment building, it took a while to find the apartment building. I had looked at maybe like 400 apartment buildings and like ran all the numbers. And I had come some rule of thumbs about kind of like finding exactly which building would actually work and not work. Obviously, because when you're going through so many buildings, you want you don't want to calculate everything in detail. And then, then I moved to different cities. And then when I had, the, so I was working full time doing other cities and then trying to find apartment buildings that would work. But, it, you know, you always needed money when you're in a big city. Uh, it's always, and it's not cash flowing. And I kept thinking, okay, let me try to do that again and find multiple uh, properties. In those days, you didn't have like, Zillow and Trulia and all of that too. And you enter your criteria and they show you a list and then, you know, you can uh, kind of go through it. And over there, it was like, you know, it was still paper-based and binders of MLS listing that you are working through a real estate agent and trusting that person to find the right building for you. And most of them, most realtor, even realtors today, they're not really on board with that rental properties or anything like that. Only a few of them are really kind of like really get it and understand the importance of that. Um, so yeah, it only came up to uh, basically in 2016, 2000, yeah, 2015, 2016, where we decided that, okay, well, we have, my son came to me and said, I want to be a real estate investor. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's talk about that again. And then we talked about that and we tried to do, I was living in the San Francisco Bay area at the time. And again, it, it didn't, it didn't really make sense. I mean, the numbers were, it was not cash flowing. And if you wanted it to cash flow, you had to put so much cash down, so much money down that your return on your cash on cash return was like 1%, 2%. And I said, well, I might as well keep it in the stock market. I mean, I can shoot a dart mm. and make 2%. At least. Anyway, so then at one point, then we said, okay, let's expand our circle a little bit. So let's so just kind of like start with the blank slate and then say, where do we need to be? What kind of market do we need to be in order to find a cash flowing rental property? So we came up with a whole bunch of criteria. I downloaded data from, data from a Census Bureau, from all, all you know, Bureau of Labor Statistics and all of that. And then kind of compiled all that into a spreadsheet and said, okay, well, this is where we want to be. We want to be in something that is a good, good economy, low unemployment that is growing, but uh, not too rapidly so that, you know, we don't have like high prices and stuff like that. It's not a hot market. And then the rents are, are decent. And we kind of focus on the, the 1% rule around the 1% rule. And then, so that's kind of how we, uh, we went about much more strategically and say, where do I find the market that is going to meet my criteria, that's going to make my strategy actually work? And so we came up with Memphis, uh, in Tennessee, Cleveland, St. Louis. These are still the market that we're, we're in today. And we bought our first single family rental 
in Memphis, Tennessee in 2017, I believe. And then, you know, from there, that just kind of like, we just did that property it took like three months. It cost like $35,000. We put like five, $10,000 down refinanced. And then we, then so this is great. Let's just do two. We kept doubling down and we're still doubling down today. So. Well, that is, that's interesting that you got that bug at 18 years, but it took a while to really get it together. And I mm-hmm. think that's not unusual. I mean, particularly for those of us who, I mean, we didn't have family backgrounds in investing and you know, just a foreign a foreign thing to us. And it takes us a while to really come to, even though we can conceptualize that, we could read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and we can kind of conceptualize what that might be like. Really finding a path into that can be a really big challenge when all you know is eight to five. Exactly. I think Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the book is very good. It's an inspiration to say, hey, there's another path in here. And so this, this is very good, but at the same time, it's not really telling you uh, exactly how and how to do it. And this is what I'm trying to do with my book, Stop Trading Your Time for Money. And I'm, I'm trying to make it really, okay, this is how you do it. I want to be your rich dad and I want to show you exactly how, how do you do it. I talk about mindset. I talk about different skills to analyze for you and uh, finding the deals and you know in a methodical manner uh, so that they can achieve and hopefully by the end of the book they've done at least one transaction and then they can keep repeating it we'll be right back after a brief announcement are you a busy professional passionate about the work of your calling yet realize that even though you love what you are doing you're exchanging your time for money you know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money your financial well-being will be in jeopardy if you can relate i have great news state talker capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid passive real estate investments remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steetalker.com get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing well why is it important to focus on financial freedom so as you mentioned at the introduction i used to be an actuary and my day-to-day job it was not supposed to be this way but my day-to-day job was basically destroying corporate pension plan and converting them into uh, basically 401k a retirement savings account and the problem with this obviously is that it shifts the risk of retirement from the employer to the employee the employee is not they're not equipped to at the beginning especially they were not equipped to now all of a sudden invest their the savings and then plan for retirement and then determine at retirement how is that going to be converted into a passive stream of income. So nobody's thinking about that. People are looking at their their 401ks and they say, and they just keep saving more money. Everybody's telling them to save more money, but nobody's telling them how is that million dollars or five hundred thousand dollars going to be converted into a stream of income at retirement. And this is what people need to think about. So that's one thing. The the economy is shifting quite a bit. I mean, we're getting more and more into the gig economy. So a lot of the new millennials and all of that, I mean, they have a good job, but now they want to work from home and they're kind of uh, being tantalized or swooned towards 
oh yeah, you can work from home, but why don't you work also on, kind of on contract or on project basis and stuff like that. We're going to pay you a little bit more money. And then what's going to create is going to create kind of like these ups and downs and these gaps in income that we didn't have before. And then basically the employee, again, is going to be responsible for saving for, for retirement. And again, they're going to delay the decision about how this is going to be converted into a stream of income. Uh, even the professionals too, I mean, with, uh, with COVID last year, it was uh, even the professional like, apps in income uh, for, uh, for their profession and for the services they provide. So it's just, that's unbelievable and unprecedented, but it might happen again. So again, it's very important for, for everybody to be focusing on that. Yeah. So, and my recommendation is really to really start planning on achieving financial freedom as your number one goal today so that you're not left at the at, at retirement and thinking about, okay, now I have the money now, what do I do? And the 401ks are just not what people think they are. And I have been learning really just lately quite a bit about how much they are really failing people in a number of ways. One way is, is that particularly if you're not in a Roth IRA, you're going to be paying taxes at a higher rate than you were when you were contributing to that fund. And that's a shock to a lot of people. And that's going to eat up a whole lot of that if it's a million or if it's 500,000, whatever it is, it's not what people think it is. And what yeah, I'm also exactly. learning is that, that wealthy people do not invest in 401ks for a number of reasons. They just don't do that. So there's a number of different ways to invest outside of 401ks. But most people, like you say, are just not even educated in investments at all. We both have been through that and we know how that goes. So you've touched a little bit here, but why is it that people are not achieving financial independence. Most people have that dream, but very, very few people attain that. Yeah. I think there are a couple of things. I think part of it is the goal. The, the way the goal is being set. It's set basically by Wall Street and they're telling you, they're giving you a calculation and they say, oh, based on your, your income right now, at retirement, you're going to make 80% of your current income. So we decide that. And, and then you need two 2.5 million dollars to retire and you can go online and figure that out they have lots of website that tells you oh you need 2.2 million dollars to to retire and i have three hundred thousand dollars in my rsp right on my 401k right now and okay i have 10 years to save 1.7 million dollars hmm if i knew how to do that i would need <laughs> i would need to retire right i would just you know there would be something else so obviously that goal there is not is not realistic well, it might be realistic, but it's, it seems unachievable. And so the way that I, I think that people should set their goal is based on a, a monthly passive income target. And they should start investing right away to start building up like one layer at a time that, that passive income target. So that's, uh, that's one thing. The other thing too is that it's, it's difficult to do that and focus on financial freedom. There are so many ways to to build that and and people get kind of like distracted by oh yeah i can go and do bitcoin I, i've heard that this guy can do bitcoin and 
I can make like 150 or 500 percent a year in return. I, or I can do stock market. I could do this. I suggest is is pretty boring and pretty standard. Is to basically invest in rental properties. So it could be single family rentals if you want to get started. It could be apartment building. Could be commercial. It could be mobile home. There's all kinds of different ways. But start focusing on real estate, rental properties. And if I had to kind of like first start from scratch with a, a white canvas and I had to design and draw the perfect investment to achieve financial freedom, I would want something that it has is cash flow positive, that appreciates over time, that is protected against inflation, that is also that where I can use leverage in order to buy basically control a $100,000 property with only 20 thousand dollars down and that has a lot of tax benefits and there's only one investment that meets that these criteria and it is real estate it's real estate rental properties that's the only one in some other vehicles you can do some of it but not others or you don't have the tax benefit you don't but really rental is this is where the focus should be and it's also not that complicated but you have to be focused you have to be disciplined and you have to start as soon as possible so that the tax benefits can actually help you now when you're in W-2, when you have income that's coming from your salary. And also with your salary, you can also more easily get a mortgage for your rental property, your single family rentals. That's so true. And like you mentioned here, most people don't know this, but there are a lot of avenues into real estate. I mean, most people think you have to start off with a single family and build little by little. But you started out with eight units. So there's a number of different ways to step into this and a little bit of education. Like you said, it really isn't all that complicated. It may seem that way initially, but really and truly, I mean, from my perspective, real estate is a lot less complicated than trying to make really good returns in the stock market, which <laughs> absolutely drives me crazy. But um, yep. that's where the majority of people are trying to achieve financial independence. And I think the stock market is kind of like the casino. The casino is always going to win and the stock market is always going to win. Yep. Well, what do you mean when you talk about aligning the strategy with the resources in order to achieve your goals? Yeah. So this is the other issue, the other issue when people start investing, they, the feel like, oh, this is such a great, I love this type of investment where I can make like high returns and, you know, and this is great, but they don't have necessarily the resources to do that. Uh, and by resources, I mean the time to do it, the, the money to do it, or the skills or access that they, they need in order to do this. Uh, an example is, uh, you know, pe people that want to do like multifamily development project or and they're working full time and, you know, and or they don't have a sufficient amount of money to, uh, you know, as, as a cushion in case things go good or bad, or they don't have enough for the down payment and whatnot. So unfortunately, this may be a very good strategy, but for somebody that has the right resources, don't have the time to do it. This is kind of you have to either partner with somebody that has the time to do it or you you have to find another investment that is not where it doesn't require as much time. Same thing, if you don't have that much money, it's kind of, you could potentially find some apartment building where you can, with another partner, where you can go and, and get the apartment building and get the commercial financing that you need. So it's possible. But 
It might be if you don't have too much money and you don't have too much time. This is why the single family rentals is a good way to get started. You know, with as little as twenty, thirty thousand dollars, you can have a cash flowing rental property, and you slowly build that up. And I'm not proposing any kind of like big, like oh, you know, like big upswing and stuff like that. I'm really proposing that people start building their passive income layer by layer, and eventually they're going to get to their goal instead of. You know, kind of like hoping for this hundred percent return, and you know, double my money and all that kind of stuff, which is a little bit uh, unrealistic. Generally speaking, yes, it is. And good advice: uh, start where you are and uh, grow from there. And keep your eye on the day-to-day operations, not necessarily at the at the end result. Well, mm-hmm. Eric, tell us how we can connect with you and how it is that people can get hold of your book. My book, again, is Stop Trading Your Time for Money. So you can look on my website, martelleric.com. So in there, there is, there's a book book link. Otherwise, you can reach me on Instagram at E underscore Martel, or you can also on Facebook at eric.martel.ca. Well, Eric, I have just one last question for you, and that is, Share with us one of your most difficult setbacks in life and how did you come through that time and what did you learn from that? Well, my most difficult setback was in 2001, the dot-com crash. I had been working for a high-tech company and I had tons of stock options and I moved to California in June of 2000. And I was just kind of like getting things settled and stuff like that. And I was trying to invest again in rental properties in California. But as I mentioned earlier, I didn't like the returns. You had to put too much cash down. And yeah, I mean, the dot-com crash happened in like in 2001 and basically wiped out most of my investment. I had diversified my stock options, but I diversified it in the stock market. And diversifying in the stock market is not diversification. You need to diversify also across multiple asset class. So real estate is, not, is one of them. I mean, you can invest obviously in the stock market. If you want to invest in, in gold, silver, palladium, these are other ones too. But have some investment in different asset class so that if a whole asset class is collapses, at least you're not stuck with nothing. So that was the biggest setback I've ever had. Well, Eric, it has certainly been a pleasure and very informative conversation. So thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Alan. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steed Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steed Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at steedtalker.com.